As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This is the Tribune Audio Network. How's your life? Are things going pretty well? Don't take anything for granted. I mean, the simplest act can change our life forever. Things were going just great for Chris and Jennifer Little. Really, for their entire family. They had four healthy, smart children who all seem to be finding their way in the world. They've since learned that lesson that it seems we can't fully understand until things change. Appreciate each moment that you have because you never know what's going to happen in a split second and how your life can change. And that's not the only thing they've learned from their daughter Caitlin's accident. I can tell you some things that I've learned that when people tell you, oh, don't worry, this will take care of itself, that might not always be the case. From the Tribune Audio Network, I'm Fox 8's Bob Buckley, and this is Caitlin Can't Remember. Not too long ago, someone posted this video on Jennifer Little's Facebook page. It's of Jennifer's daughter, Caitlin, playing basketball. Caitlin grabs a rebound and then sweeps toward the other end with a decisive athleticism. Good rebound! Get it, Caitlin! You only have to watch a few plays, a few fluid drives, to see the gifts that she had. Sports was always one of her loves. Basketball. Good rebound, good rebound. And soccer in particular. So were animals. That girl um, had every intention of becoming a physical therapist and having her own farm with every type of animal that she could keep that's legal. <laughs> and she um, would have had a plan for a garden and I could just picture she she's told me many times mom I know exactly what my kitchen's gonna look like and where the plants mm -hmm. will be and all the vegetables and and um it, it was a very peaceful plan and she wants a pony with a little wagon it can she pull around she had a plan for that yeah um and now I don't know what those plans hold those plans are on hold everything has changed but as they watch videos like these, they can't help but be nostalgic to have a wistful yearning for what once was. For her older sister, Sarah, oh, man. Caitlin was always the one who could make people laugh. She was always doing these impressions of voices, and we've always said that while she was in college, she could get a job just doing sounds for movies because she just... She always had a little comment, and not in a mean way, but in a way that was sort of easing tension. So she was very much somebody who just wanted everybody to get along and include everybody and make sure everybody was laughing at all times. 
She could be serious, but it was very rare. <laughs> when Caitlin was first hit on the head accidentally at that cross-country practice back in October of 2017, Sarah never thought it was a traumatic brain injury that would lead to enterograde amnesia. But I'd seen people have concussions before, and, you know, I'd gotten hit in the head pretty hard. And I always turned out fine. So I wasn't too worried about it. That's true. Sarah hit her head at school recently when she slipped, a knock hard enough that she was out cold for a few seconds, though she recovered quickly. But imagine how that scared her parents. Caitlin, of course, has not recovered from the incident in 2017. Her anterograde amnesia means that although she can remember what happens as she lives each day, as she sleeps, her brain resets so that she wakes up each morning with no memory of the day before. This has been the case for 550 days. Though there have been a few nights when, because of the pain she's in, Caitlin hasn't slept at all. Was it Friday night? Saturday night was our worst night, and she didn't sleep. She went to bed at 11, and she was back up by 12.45, and the bad night that we had had just leading up to that, that was gone. I still had it, mm. but it was gone for her. What did she and then she doesn't remember. Now that night, Saturday night, we were up from 1 a.m. till when we went to bed Sunday night at 10.30. She never crashed. And you stay up with her? Yeah, it's important. Because mm. I need to figure out what's going on. What's going on, what's been creeping in lately, is a darkness that you sense in Caitlin when you're around her something that was never there before the accident. The toughest part was when I took Caitlin to have her uh, talk to the nice therapist, and uh, the therapist was trying to probe her feelings, trying to get her to show some emotion, you know, how do you feel about this, how do you feel about that? And at the end of the session, the therapist said, okay, Caitlin, you know, we've had a chance to talk for an hour. Um, what is it that bothers you the most about this? What's your biggest concern? And it wasn't that she's not gonna be able to drive or that she's not getting to go back to school, or that her life is on hold, it was that she feels like she's a burden to her family. She wasn't concerned about herself at all. And that was the hardest thing. Yeah, and she checks on that a lot. Mostly at night when it's time for bed, she can do something to make things better. Is there something I can do differently? Um, when she's felt like she's not been productive, Mom, I've got to have a purpose tomorrow. Make sure tomorrow's better. I need to make sure I accomplish something. Accomplishing anything with Caitlin's kind of injury is going to be very difficult. And it can take a while. The younger you are, the longer it takes for you to recover. And if you're a female, they don't know why, but if you're a female, females take longer to recover than males. And the younger you are, the longer it takes. That's Lindsay Howard. She's a physician's assistant at a place called Carolina Neurosurgery and Spine Associates. They're located just outside Uptown Charlotte, and this is a place where a lot of famous athletes come to be treated. They even have an entire department that specializes in sports concussions of athletes from 10 to 21 years old. And although they haven't examined Caitlin, because of their expertise in her kind of injury, we wanted to talk to them about what they see in these cases. At about the one month mark, if they're not improving or plateauing, that's when it starts to become a little you know, worrisome as to if something else is going on. That describes Caitlin to a T. Even though most doctors said that she'd be fine in about three weeks, 
She was worse a month after her accident and plateaued at around six months. So it's down on the metabolic level of the brain. When you have a concussion, that um, normal level switches. Some goes outside, some goes inside. And the brain will reorient to its normal level of homeostasis. It just takes extra energy for it to do it. So it's a metabolic injury. That's why you get really tired with it. Lindsay Howard even has an explanation for Caitlin's constant headaches. And a lot of times it's cognitive exertional headaches that you get. So the brain is trying to use energy to kind of heal itself. So if you take that brain energy and try and use it on something else like schoolwork, the brain's like, nope, no, nope, I don't have enough energy to go around and it starts hurting. It's kind of like an energy mismatch. That all sounds pretty rough. But what strikes me as I talked with Lindsay is what I've seen in Caitlin's mood lately, but couldn't quite put my finger on. I think the biggest thing for concussions is mood, depression. That comes from them. One in five um, pediatric patients with concussion will develop depression. To me, that's the biggest thing I see and the biggest and the scariest thing. And it may not get better anytime soon. I mean, I've seen patients with not that drastic of an issue, but I've seen them over time, and it takes a long time, but get better. Definitely not weeks, I would say months to years. Hey boys, wash up for dinner. Okay. I need one of you to do cups. In some ways, Caitlin is the same young lady she was before the accident. She's always been a helper. Now, Caitlin just started cups. You need to check with her. Go check and see what she's done. The one who jumped to do things around the house without being asked, including on this night, bringing all the seasonings to the table before dinner is ready. Okay? Yeah. Right. I have to ask, why'd you carry your bowl of spices over there? So I remember that I'm actually cooking something. Ah. So I forgot earlier. <laughs> okay. It's a Thursday night, so the Littles are very much in their family routine. And your green beans are boiling over. Okay, I'll get in there in just a moment. But there are things that are undeniably different, as big sister Sarah has noticed. I think one thing I mostly miss is... She's gotten to the point where I can't do many things for her. Because you know most people, if they're feeling sick, you could, you know, bring them ice cream where she won't eat that. <laughs> so I can't, like, take her out to lunch or anything or do anything like that. So Has this become a new normal? Yeah, pretty much. Um, people ask you how it's doing and if there have been any changes and you're just like, well, this is life. I mean... <laughs> Do you feel pressure to not leave, to not go to a place like App? Not really. I mean, I know this summer I was gone for about a week and a half or two, and she was back here, and she woke up one morning. She was like, Sarah, what's happening? And I forget who she told, but she was like, well, one day this is just how it's going to be. I'm going to wake up, and she's not going to be here. Sarah is a senior at Southeast Guilford High School in Greensboro. She's set to go to college, probably out of town. I'm not going to be here forever, and, you know, I can't help but think about who she's going to live with if this continues to progress and think about her future at this point because after about six months, people really started thinking long-term because it's not just going to be short. And if she ever did want to get married, what's going to happen then? She's limited to whomever she met before that accident, which 15 years out of your life is not much. 
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Much at all. Caitlin's long-term care is the elephant in the room. It may not be talked about much, but Chris and Jennifer have thought about it. Then you start wondering if it will get better. Because she's, of course, she's our daughter. We love her to death. She's fantastic. She's welcome to stay with us, but we're not going to be here forever. So that has, that has been weighing on my mind a lot. You wonder how much it weighs on Sarah's mind. When you meet Sarah, you can see that she's in constant thought. The mind always moving behind those eyes that peer through the large glasses with thin frames that match her auburn hair. The truth is, you know, it's going to be your mom and dad yeah. while they're here. But when they're gone, yeah. have you thought about this mm-hmm. falls to me? Yeah, it's, it's a lot, you know. She's definitely, she's easier to live with because as long as you sort of let her do her own thing, she's fine. She's a very independent person. Mm-hmm. But it would be different because in 51st age, you know, she was like in her mid-20s. So she woke every, up every day, and that was fine. Yeah. But for somebody who's going to, or could possibly, be in their 20s and wake up looking in the mirror thinking they're supposed to look like a 14 or 15-year-old, that would be a huge shock just in and of itself. One night, while Caitlin's dad, Chris, shows me some of the sticky notes that Caitlin uses to organize her life, we're in Caitlin's bedroom, and I bring that subject up with him, that he and Jennifer aren't going to be around forever. But you know where that leads, then? Yes. Yes. But, to Sarah. Yeah, but how can you tell her that, that she's going to have that responsibility for the rest of her life? That's tough stuff. Chris pauses and stares off in the distance. <clears throat> then he pulls the tissue out of his pocket and dabs his eyes as he tries to maintain his composure and continues. Yeah. No one wants to have to, um, have to tell their children they're going to have to take care of their sibling you know, potentially forever. We're all hoping for the best. Uh, at some point soon, we'll have to talk about other options and see, you know, what we can do, do plans of some kind. There are some things that linger since the accident, moments frozen in time because that's where Caitlin's memory ends. The kind of things that every set of middle kids go through. Ben is the oldest boy, a few years younger than Caitlin. And the hardest thing for Ben has been that the day of the accident, you know, they ride, they rode to school together with their sister, and they had some kind of tiff. You know, someone wanted to sit in the front seat or someone hit someone's book bag, and that sticks with her. So every morning when she wakes up, she's angry at Ben over something that happened, you know, yesterday. But now it's been 16 months. So she has a, she has a note in her journal saying that she should be nice to Ben today, that it was a long time ago. The journal acts as something of a trail of breadcrumbs for Caitlin's life, so she can see where she's been. There is also her phone. Yeah, important stuff, like new doctor we have, new kittens, because that's pretty new. Yeah? So this is how you remember things, right? The memory on her phone has replaced the memory she once had in her head. One night at their house, Caitlin scrolls through all the memos she has on her phone. Show me how you use them then, like um, this one here. 
what I do, I tap on it. I guess I wrote about a lot about this on that day because that was mm -hmm. our doctor's appointment. Mm -hmm. But wrote what was wrong to help explain and help me understand. Most are instructional. A few are just fun. We went on a hike. And I have that in my memos. The hiking and camping trip was for an entire week with her church group last year. And it's also one of her sister Sarah's fondest memories of Caitlin since the accident. You know, we weren't sure how it was going to go because she can't remember anything. So, first day, I get up, we're at base camp, and we're ready to go out. We packed our packs the night before, we're good. So I get her up about five, Is they're going to wake everybody else up with a really loud song and all mm -hmm. that stuff. And we set off, and we're hiking, and first day, she wakes up, and I was up first, and we shared a tent, and she pokes her head out, she's looking around, and she goes, psst, Sarah, come over here. So I walk over, and sort of expecting that this is not what you want when you can't remember anything and wake up in a tent in the middle of the woods, and she goes, where the heck am I, and why am I here? Everybody around us knew, they knew what was going on. And I was like, Caitlin, you know, you're on the Appalachian Trail and we're hiking. She's like, well, I don't want to be here. Why is it so hot? And why am I dressed like this? I was like, well, this is something we thought you'd enjoy. You're very athletic and, you know, this is right up your alley. And she's like, fine. I'm going to go do my stuff. As tragic as this story is, you hear a lot of tales like that. Ones that make you wonder if God gives these burdens only to people who he knows can handle them. We've joked around. If any of our children had to have it, this is the one that we needed it to be. Because any of the others, we would need to be committed. Because they would be so emotional and they would fight. They would be very angry. And that's just her. Per She's never, and you can ask any of her coaches, any of her sports, she doesn't get angry at things. She tries to find the good, and she tries to find the way to succeed. And I believe that's what you see her doing every morning. Mm -hmm. She knows when we talk at night, she'll say, I can't change this. I can't do anything. I have no control. But I can be patient, and I can trust you guys to take care of me. And that's what she says every night. I think God's taken good care of Caitlin until her brain can hold memories. He's making sure she doesn't know all this pain. We have great worries of when she is able to hold memories. What are we facing then? What emotional trauma are we going to go through to realize she's lost two years of her life? Or, you know, how, how do you bounce back? What do you say to your kid for that one? As hard as this is on Caitlin, it is hard in a different way on her parents. Chris and Jennifer Little have that love for their children that you have to be a parent to understand, which means their pain in watching what's happening to her is something that is ineffable. It takes a toll on them as parents and as husband and wife. It is a very hard um, task, and I'm not going to say we've done it well. Um, we've had our ups and downs and we offer ourselves grace and that is the word I've learned a lot in our marriage in the last year and a half um, I can't judge everything he does he can't judge every because we each get up 
every morning and go, all right, you're going to take care of this. I'm going to take care of this. We'll convene in the evening. And that's just for one child. That's not for the rest of our family, our jobs, our home. That's just to take care of her every day. This is one of those stories where almost everyone involved says, if I only knew then what I know now. The lessons learned in the harshest of ways. The lesson I've learned is that while there are lots and lots of children participating in sports and adults, and with those comes the risk of some kind of injury, minor or serious, a head injury is not something I would take that lightly. And even if the sports medicine guy from the school is there and goes, oh, don't worry about it, just you know, wait till Monday, Tuesday, and she's not better, let it go, that might not be the best thing to do. And if the first neurologist you talk to goes, well, you know, these things usually resolve themselves in three weeks. Just give it time. Just cocoon her. Don't expose her to light. Don't have any noise or whatnot. If you feel that your child is not behaving normally, you should go the extra mile to check it out right then and there. When people tell you, well, you know, this isn't really a problem, that may not also be the case. I know that I learned a valuable lesson, and that is if I think there's something really wrong with your my child, I'm going to fight and push a lot harder. I panic every time a kid hits their head now at basketball, you know, and they just get back up and run. Or a friend says, oh, my kid just got a concussion today. What do I need to worry about? Well, you know, I just <laughs> go ahead and get checked. It can't hurt to be checked and have some documentation. The Littles feel as if the system was not set up to help them. Things went wrong at so many turns. We could go on and on and on about how many doctors wasted our time, wasted Caitlin's time. Sure, bring her down, we'll take a look at her. When they have no medically recommended, approved methods of dealing with this. I have learned that you, know, you have the brain and we must protect the brain and take care of the brain, but the structure holding the brain must be intact and in proper alignment for everything to function. And there's not, from our experience, there's not a neurologist that's gonna consider that idea. The ER is not gonna consider that idea. It took us 17 months to get x-rays. Um, small thing. I still cannot get past that. And may never get past the life they've been sentenced to lead. The thought that this may be life, this might be it, is inconceivable. I just keep thinking, the thought that you are here filming us seems surreal. And I've lived this now 15 months. 24 hours a day, non-stop thinking about it, and I just still cannot believe this is our family. But a family they are, bound together by love and devotion, even if it's a life that, for now, Caitlin can't remember. We're going to continue to follow Caitlin's story, so please stay subscribed to this podcast so that you'll know when new episodes are available. If you can comment and rate it, that really helps spread the word and hopefully help her find answers. And remember, you can see Caitlin and everyone involved in her story on our website at myfox8.com with the number eight. You can share any of the 13 TV episodes of her story from there. And if you liked Caitlin Can't Remember, we'll soon have another one we think you'll like just as well. It's called Baby Doe. It's the story of a little girl abandoned at birth and the amazing journey of that child and the family who found her. It's also about how that child and her new family found a life together. 
So look for Baby Doe wherever you get your podcasts in the coming weeks. Caitlin Can't Remember is written and reported by me, Fox 8's Bob Buckley. Chris Weaver is our producer and editor. Our executive producer is Kevin Daniels. Thanks so much for listening. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.